Just another day. Another day till I hit the movies. I hit the movies, then I talk about them. When I talk about them, that's a movie Tuesday. Blockbusters, I'ma check them out. Audi flicks, I'ma hit them up. You got opinions, and I got opinions. What they got in common, they don't give a fuck. So I want to start out with an apology. An apology for my absence for the past month and some change. I, like everyone else in the world, has been and is still going through some shit. Uh, My shit mainly started when my family came out to visit because they kind of came out in waves. And I got into a situation where I was getting pulled in a lot of different directions. And it was really starting to take a toll on me physically and mentally because like, I was trying to juggle things like pregnancy and work and trying to be a a good host to the family and everything while they were in town. And um, I was successful in some cases. I was able to drag people to like a couple of movies with me. I was able to see Uncut Gems and Bad Boys 3. Got to see Harley and Sonic. Y'all know all this shit. But um, after Sonic, that's where things started to kind of really spiral out of control because then we got into the situation where a lot of people didn't want to go see certain movies that I wanted to go see. And I didn't want to like be super rude and just go without them because it wasn't really the, it wasn't really just going without them. It was more or less like, I didn't want to like spend time in the movies by myself, trying to like get my own vices settled while everybody else was kind of just left to their own vices, doing their own thing. I didn't, I didn't want to be a jerk like that. So there was a lot of sacrifices made to where I couldn't go and see movies that I normally would have went to see. Then the outbreak happened. <laughs> and um, I shit you not, I was I want to say it was maybe like a week at the very least. It was like a couple days before theaters had decided to close their doors for the whole like pandemic and shit. But like, I swear before they made that decision, I made a decision myself, you know, just watching the news and all that shit, just seeing how bad like the spread was getting. And um, I got to the point where I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to movies (laughs) because if I can't trust a motherfucker to go into a theater and not be a complete shithead while the movie's on, I damn sure ain't trusting a motherfucker to go into a movie with me or or to share a movie theater with people that may or may not be sick. Okay, I, I was not trying to run that risk. If you recall the time when I went to go see Aquaman. I was sitting right next to somebody who had uh, the sniffles where they had to keep like sniffling like every three seconds to clear their sinuses. You know, just imagine. Remember when the person next to me every three seconds just. You know, what I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to deal with that. OK, so like once the whole like outbreak was happening, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to have to not go to the movies. So at that point, I was like. I'm about to put Movie Tuesday on hiatus. I feel like it was pretty self-explanatory for anyone who was like a a, uh, a a recurring listener. I appreciate you and all your time. And I hope you and your loved ones are in good health. And if you're not in good health, hopefully you are able to make a speedy recovery. On that note, yellow and welcome to Movie Tuesday. It is a podcast on the internet that talks about the latest news, give or take, the latest trailers, and it all comes to a nice conclusion with a good old-fashioned spoiler-free discussion 
And it is all in the name of movies. It can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. There's some other places too where you can find it. It's just way too many to name. It used to be on SoundCloud, and some of you may have noticed that a whole buttload of episodes just went missing in whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on. That is because I had to make a sacrifice of stopping payments on SoundCloud, which I was pretty much at this point or for years, just basically paying them to archive a lot of episodes and haven't been satisfied with their services lately on top of having the, you know, penny pinch. So I am currently just shopping around different networks, trying to see like how they run things and trying to make a final decision on if I want to make the move or not. So if, there was any episode that you were in the middle of, or if you were trying to like catch up or something like that, hit me up. Uh, Deets will be in the descriptions below, but uh, just hit me up and I will be able to make some shit happen for you because, you know, I, I obviously have all the episodes backed up on a hard drive. So, you know, I can, I can, I can make some magic happen for you, but until then just uh, going to have to kind of start from fresh on this new network that I'm on. So, We'll see how it goes. Um, But if there is if wherever you're listening to this podcast, if there's a way for you to leave a rating or a review or anything like that, I would greatly appreciate it. I don't care if it's a negative review or a positive review. Just keep it constructive for the most part. Um, Don't care if it's a one star or a five star. Just I, I want your like honest opinions on what you think, because I can't get better if you don't tell me what I can get better at. You know, and if you want to tell me to just stop, it ain't going to happen because I have nothing better to do, especially in this time of day. (laughs) So um, I would also like to apologize for the names that I am going to butcher or forget throughout the course of this episode. Now, without further ado, let us finally get into the show, starting with the news. Starting over at Screen Rant with the only bit of news that is the most current and has nothing to do with COVID-19, RIP to Honor Blackman. She recently passed away at 94 years old. Um, Her family had reported that she passed away peacefully, surrounded by her family and loved ones. Um, And that she died of uh, natural causes. There was no like shenanigans or anything like that. So that was that was one good thing to hear about that news. Um, for those who don't know who Honor Blackman is, I mean, for me personally, the only thing that I know her from is the movie Goldfinger. She played the character Pussy Galore. That's the only bit of uh, entertainment that I've seen her in. I haven't seen like any TV shows or plays or wherever else she or, or whatever other projects she had did. I only know her from Goldfinger. So unfortunately, I can't do like this deep dive into my memory banks and talk about all these things that I remember her in or or remember her for, you know. But, uh, you know, even if she was in something that I saw post Goldfinger, it would probably be hard for me to recognize her just because I'm I'm so used to seeing her as she was in Goldfinger. So um, do yourself a favor, pour one out and reel one up for Honor Blackman definitely one of the most iconic bond girls and not just because of her name being pussy galore because anyone who's seen the movie will know that she was anything but a pussy i want to say that her bond girl may have started the trend 
for other Bond girls to have like these play on type names, these little like phrases to or not phrases, but yeah, just just the the double entendre type names. I, I believe Pussy Galore has started that trend, but I could be wrong. But another thing that I feel like her Bond girl is famous for was that she wasn't just another woman to like fall to Bond's charms and end up in his bed and shit, but she was also she was more than just a damsel in distress. Like she was actually a, a strong female character. And this was back in a time when that wasn't really a big deal like it is in, uh, in, in today's realm. So, um, I thought that was one of the most memorable things about her, just her being a pilot and having like all these fucking guns pointing at bond and shit whenever he tried some things. So, yeah. So anyway, like I said, pour one out, real one up for honor Blackman, RIP, Thoughts and condolences go out to her family. Staying with Screen Rant, I would like to talk about uh, a bit of news that is pretty old at this point, but there have been some recent updates that still make it relevant to the discussion that I would like to have. And that is the the China, that was that's with uh, China where they had a uh, they have to close their theaters down after briefly reopening them. So, you know, China's I think is like ground zero for the whole COVID-19 sitch. And um, so they were like one of the first countries to really like just start shutting down a lot of non-essential businesses. And one of those non-essential businesses was the 70,000 small, not small, but 70,000 movie theaters around their country. So those were shut down. They had been shut down for a while, but then there were reports that China was like kind of starting to get uh, a grasp on the infections and stuff and kind of bringing down their numbers to where it wasn't as many confirmed cases and there wasn't as many deaths as when it first started. So with that being done, they had started to kind of get into the process of reopening some places. And one of the things that they had started reopening was their movie venues. So it was reported that they had opened 600 small movie theaters and instead of playing like whatever the current movie was at at the box office, they had decided to just take like a variety of blockbusters and show those to the public. I don't know if they charged or not, but it was it was um, they were playing like Avengers and Avatar and Inception and shit like that. But soon after they had reopened the theaters, some high level level executives came in and shut that shit right back down. And they were just like, we're taking this shit way more serious than we were before because we want to make sure that there's there's no uh, uh, possibility of like a second wave coming. So they wanted to be cautious about that. So. As they shut the theaters down again, they were saying that this isn't going to be something that like passes over in a matter of weeks. Like this is something that they're going to pay close attention to to like really see the after effects of the of the virus outbreak. Because rumor is from uh, the government officials over in China, and it's actually been popping up around a lot more governments as well, including over here in the U.S., is that. There could everyone's worried about a, a possible second wave of infections going through, which is understandable. So they wanted to just kind of like keep their eyes on that and see how that goes. But like I said, 
there have been updates because I've I recently saw on Twitter that there were like some pictures and videos of uh, cities like Wuhan where there are a lot more cars on the roads again and, and some people starting to walk around on the sidewalks and everything. So I guess they're in that process again of like slowly opening some things up. So what I want to talk about with this situation is I thought it was a fantastic idea on both ends of the spectrum. I thought it was a really good idea to like open some small theaters and instead of just playing like whatever the latest movie was at the box office, they decided to go back and just get like a a little pick of top blockbuster movies for the, from like the past 10 years, you know, and show those to the public. And I thought that was a good idea because one of the things that I'm really interested in seeing as we go forward with this whole mess is how we're going to get back to a somewhat normal time period again, you know, where people aren't being ordered to stay in their homes and, and staying like six feet away from each other and shit like that, because I really find it hard to believe that once reports come out and, and you know, your government officials are like, all right, guys, like we got to hold this virus and shit. Like everything's good. We even got a vaccine. Like everybody can go back outside and, and start living again and building up the economy. I find it very hard to believe that you're just going to find like a whole stampede of people just rushing into buildings again and staying next to each other, you know? So I'm like really interested to see how they're going to do that. In the off chances, there could be a stampede of people, which I still think it's not going to be. But I thought that was a good idea, though, to open like some small movie theaters and just kind of like play some blockbusters just to kind of get everybody in the feel for it again. Because the way I see it going down is as far as like movie theaters, I could see it where they reopen theaters. But instead of like filling up the the auditoriums that they instead just kind of sell a limited amount of seats so let's say you have a theater that has like 200 seats in it instead of instead of filling up with 200 people they will probably like do half that or maybe even like a quarter of that and just kind of space people out and that may not be as lucrative of a business option but i think it's better than the alternative of packing a bunch of people into a small space again and risking the chance of uh, another like outbreak occurring, like a second wave of an outbreak. Cause, cause one of the big concerns with the second wave is that there's a lot of asymptomatic people, asymptomatic people, which is the people that could have the virus, but don't show any of the, any of the, uh, any other setbacks, any side effects, any, any of the symptoms. That's what I'm looking for. I can't talk today, but that's the one of the big fears of the second wave is that you get a bunch of asymptomatic people that have the virus, but don't show any side effects, but are still highly contagious. You know what I mean? Now with live events, like, like sport events, uh, sporting events and like concerts and shit like that, those are the one pieces of business that I could see to where people just kind of like line up in droves to like pack up again. Cause, and, and the reason why I think that is because when you have like sports arenas and like concert halls and shit, I feel like that's a little bit more of an open air type situation. It's, it's not as like compact as a theater is, but that's why I'm interested to see like how it's going to be approached to reopening the, the country and reopening the economy back up to society again. But I also think it was a fantastic idea to close shop 
for the off chance that, you know, to kind of like deter from a possible second wave. I thought that was a good decision as well. And, you know, and like I said, they kind of go hand in hand where it's like when you start opening shit back up, I wouldn't expect people to just like fucking turn the valve all crazy and let the water start flowing. I would assume that they would like want to gently turn the valve and kind of slowly let people like uh, fill in some places. But um, I think it was a good idea to uh, shut shit down and everything because I don't know. I, I, I understand that people are eager to like get back to work and I understand that people are eager to like get their economy jump started again so like people can stop freaking out and and panic buying everything like that but at the same time i think there there, there's like a delicate grace that needs to be done to like get things back to a somewhat normal form so but that leads in to the next bit of news sticking with screen rant because this ties into one of my biggest predictions that i've been making for a while now so Jason Blum says that movie biz is going to be very different when this whole situation like levels itself out. Now he talked about two things. He talked about like the release of movies, which I don't find like particularly important because this whole thing was like right now the, the general uh, roadmap is a movie comes out in theaters and four months later it it'll come out on video and he was looking at that time frame shrinking considerably after like the the covid situation has been handled so instead of like waiting 4 months for a movie to hit video it, it'll be more of like a a month or two month window and how when a movie goes into theaters instead of it just being in theaters for like a month or two it it be in theaters for maybe a couple of weeks and then like get out and you know a a month later or come out on video he was talking about some stuff like that which we're kind of already at that point when you factor in digital distribution where i feel like as soon as the movie leaves theaters I, i feel like it's like a month and a half or so when i started hearing about it being available on digital you know obviously things have now changed since there are some studios, Blumhouse being one of them, that have decided to bypass the theater and just put movies straight out to digital for, for rental or for purchase. And that brings me to the second statement that he made where he doesn't think theaters are going away because he thinks that people still want that in-theater experience. And he also believes you know, that theaters aren't going away because that's pretty much the studio's main source of revenue like the studio and the theater's main source of revenue for movies in general like that's where like most of the money gets made back is when a movie comes out in theaters which i had no idea honestly i know like movies generate a lot of fucking money like especially blockbuster movies like mcu and shit like that i know they generate a lot of money but i just figure the money gets divvied out so much that i didn't know that that was where they made the bulk of their money back i figured it was from like merchandise and you know, when it comes out on video or digital or some shit like that. But, you know, like I said, I, I've always said I know a little bit, but I ain't like an expert. I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm an expert in the matter of like how business works in the movie industry. But what I'm getting at is I make a lot of fucking predictions. And one of the biggest predictions that I make or that I've been making for like the past year now is so is that movie theaters are going to be going away. And by going away, I mean, they're not going to be 
what they used to be pre COVID-19 outbreak. And, um, you know, and, and now, you know, since we're have these stay at home orders and, you know, a lot more place, like a lot of studios have been like pushing their, their, uh, release dates back later into the year and even some into next year, some studios have resulted to putting movies out digitally. And I've tasted the forbidden fruit of bypassing the middleman that is the theater to just enjoy a movie in the comfort of my own home. And let me tell you something right now. I apologize. And I'm going to start pulling back on that prediction of uh, theaters going away. Because here's the thing. In, in the current state of things and the way it's going right now, $20 is pretty steep to rent a movie that you don't own. And I'm very well aware that I was one of those people where I was like, I'd pay $30 to fucking bypass the theater and enjoy a movie in my own home. Okay. But I'm telling you right now, I was wrong. I made a mistake. $20 is too steep. Now people have told me that, you know, $20 is probably what you spend every time you go to the movies. Right. You know, when you factor in like popcorn and drinks and stuff like that. And that's true. You know, I mean, I, I have some perks. I have some schemes that I do to where it's not necessarily $20 that I pay. I'm usually like around an average of 12 to $15, depending on my mood, depending on who goes with me. But yeah, I would say the average moviegoer probably does spend $20 to watch a movie in theaters and get the bells and whistles like popcorn and shit like that. But what you got to remember is as well is that that $20 is the popcorn, the drinks, the snacks and shit like that on top of the ticket price. When you're when you're exiting out the middleman that is a theater and you're just watching the movie in the comfort of your own home, you know, I feel like it's smart to take out the popcorn and the drinks and shit because those are things that's already in a person's household. All right. But maybe maybe this is similar to what video games do to where they don't want to undercut physical media, you know, like the, like the uh, brick and mortar stores like target and best buy and shit like that. Maybe they don't want to fully undercut the theaters by just having a movie available to rent for like seven or eight bucks, which I think is a sweet spot for a movie rental, quite honestly, you know, but I think that, some studios like Blumhouse are looking at it in the in the sense of, you know, people are just going to get a group of people to come over to the house and chip in and enjoy the movie that way. Where it's like, I don't think that's the case. I mean, I know I, I know that's definitely happening, but I also think that there's more people out there that where it's like maybe one, maybe it's like two or three people at most that are watching the movie together, like a family of three or something like that, because this goes back to what he was saying about people still wanting that theater experiences. I don't think the theater experience is what they, people like Jason Blum and Christopher Nolan think it is. Cause, cause people on the inside, like Nolan and, and Blum and, and um, Helen Mirren and shit, when they talk about the theater experience and how it's such a classic feeling and shit like that, that's that's back in the day, man. It ain't like that anymore. As a person who's on the ground floor who goes to pub, public theaters 
it ain't like that anymore, dude. Now you got a bunch of assholes that come in there and be talking and laughing and giggling all throughout the movie, disrupting all the shit, you know, drowning out the fucking surround sound to just be the most biggest assholes in the theater. Okay. Like now you got that shit. So that theater experience that people are talking about on the inside ain't what it used to be. And that's all I'm getting at. And that's, that was why I kept on making that, uh, that prediction of, you know, and, and trying to will theaters going away into motion. And like I said, now I'm starting to get it. And I mean, we're still in the early stages. Like we're still in that stage of a lot of studios and businesses trying to like figure out how this shit is going to work. And all I'm saying is I'm gonna start pulling back on that, you know, not because I miss the theater it's just because $20 is, is really steep. And I also forgot to factor in um, employees losing out on jobs if theaters were to go away or, or not be what they are or what they used to be. So, you know, I felt uh, I felt kind of bad about that when I started thinking about it. So I apologize. I want to pull back on it. I still think that theaters will become a niche thing, but I do think that this is a critical stage. Unfortunately, it had to be because of this goddamn outbreak. But I do think this is a critical stage that will determine how fast that that bleak future comes for theaters when they aren't as a thing as they used to be. And I think it all really like boils down to how it uh, plays out throughout the course of like the next month or two. However long this this whole like stay at home order stays in place, like we'll kind of determine that because you can only push the movie back so far and if it does get to the point where a lot more studios are starting to like put things straight to video that could like really change things. Like right now, Disney, I think is doing the right thing by like taking some movies and just putting them on their on their service. And I had been saying before Disney plus uh, had came to fruition that if Disney finds out that they can make more money by just putting it to Disney plus and like bypassing theaters, like do not be surprised that they just make that a thing now where it's like from now on, if you want to see a Marvel movie or an MCU movie, like you have to have Disney plus, like I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but the way it's going right now to where movie rentals are like 20 bucks for a digital piece of software. I don't know, man, not looking too good for the whole stay at home future that I envision. So that brings us to the next bit of news. We're going to jump away from Screen Rant and jump on over to The Hollywood Reporter. But unfortunately, we are still going to stick to the subject matter of COVID-19. I'm sorry, but we have to see how it is affecting everyone. OK, and believe it or not, it's affecting the biggest of the biggest. That being Disney. Bob Iger, who is the executive chairman of Disney, and Bob Chappek, who is the CEO of Disney, are foregoing and cutting their salaries during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, they've it's not just them either. There's there's other Disney executives that are taking salary cuts from anywhere to 20 to 30 percent to uh, kind of like keep things afloat as far as uh, like while the parks are, are closed, because it's not just the movies that are that have been affected with Disney. Like it's not just a movie industry or movie portion of the business that shut down. Their parks are shut down. The resorts are shut down. The, the cruises, like all that shit. The only thing that's probably still going for Disney is Disney plus. Well, Disney plus is going for sure, 
but um it's disney plus and whatever merch that they sell in like target and, and walmart and any other store that's open during this time but other than that everything is shut down which means they got a fuck ton of employees that are sitting at home wondering when they're going to go back to work so i'm assuming that these salaries are being cut to kind of like help those people as a as they wait this whole thing out but it is for a limited time i believe the last day is is april 18th and then after that they're going to start furloughing people and that's the update to it is that it looks like they're going to start with non-essential people to furlough after after the 18th of april so starting april 19th they're going to start letting some people go furloughing for those who don't know from what how it's been explained to me is that you're it's pretty much a leave of absence is what it sounds like but it's going to be like a a paid leave of absence in some form or fashion because uh basically the way it's working over at disney is like right now they're taking care of, of people as far as salary like the like the employees and everything around there but um after they furlough people they're going to stop paying them their salaries, but I think they're going to still cover like their, uh, their health insurance and stuff like that, which I, I think is a, a good gesture, but I think it's a good gesture all in all that the executives have, have taken that step to like make some, some cuts to their salary. Cause let's be honest, dude, those guys make a fuck ton of money. And I really hope that other corporations and conglomerates are doing something similar to this man, because what Bob Iger made like $47.5 million the last fiscal year. Okay. So like, I'm sure he'll be okay if he forgoes his salary this year. Okay. I don't know exactly what our fiscal year is, but I'm just going to go ahead and say, since the word year is in it, you're looking at an entire year to where he ain't going to get close to $40 million. All right. So I think that's a really good gesture because this is where the whole numbers game comes to bite him in the ass this is and this is why i'm so like fixated on numbers like how much a movie made you know when it when it uh when it released um uh uh opening opening week right or just in general like how much a movie made while i was in theaters you know how much it cost to make the movie and stuff like that this is why i'm interested in those numbers because i like to pay close attention to these types of situations because just like i was saying where I'm interested to see how society starts back up when things start to get better. I'm also interested to see if businesses like Disney are going to learn from this. Like, I hope everybody learns from this, but like definitely companies like Disney that just make stupid amounts of money. I hope that they learn from this shit because bottom line, when you think of when you think about the numbers that Disney pulls in with the merchandise and the movies and and forms of entertainment that they do with like the parks and the cruises and shit like that. You would think that they wouldn't have a problem paying people not to come into work while they wait for the pandemic to go away. You know what I mean? you, You would think that they wouldn't have to get to a point where they shouldn't have to furlough people. Right. But I understand that. I don't know how the business works. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know where the money goes, but obviously from the outside looking in they didn't put enough money aside for emergency situations like this you know it seems like they they were doing with their money like i originally thought they were doing which is spend a fuck ton of money on this movie get a fuck ton of money back and put it into the next fuck ton of movies that we make right whereas like hopefully 
in the aftermath of all this, you hope that they're a little bit better with how they divvy out their cash, you know, to where it's like, maybe we don't need to spend $250 million on a Marvel movie. Okay. Maybe we can just keep it at 150 million and like put the rest of that money to the side for the next time. There's a fucking global pandemic to where we have to shut everything down. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we don't need to spend that much money to keep this actor it, it, like putting this whole like franchise on his back for like the next 10 years. You know what I'm saying? So like, those are the things that I'm looking at where it's like, I hope that they learn their lessons in the aftermath of all this. But I'm also looking at companies like Disney to see how they treat their employees, because just like I was saying earlier, this this whole outbreak is going to expose a lot of people and a lot of things like it, like a lot of things are going to be like shown in full. You know, there ain't going to be a lot of, of masks that people can hide behind. You know, you get like all these companies and people like throwing all this money around. It's like, oh, we, we've done all these accolades. We're so successful. We pretty much own everything. We're damn near a monopoly on shit, you know. But then like when shit is the fan, it's like, OK, uh, people have like can't go into work and they got to stay at home, but you still got to pay them because nobody expected this shit to happen. You're going to use all those accolades to take care of your people financially because clearly you got the money. So, so far, it looks like Disney has been stepping up to the plate as far as I'm as, as far as I've been seeing. But we'll just, just have to keep our eyes on it as we as we go forward. But I am happy to see that companies like Disney are doing the right thing by taking care of their employees, take, taking care of the people that keep the cogs going. Let's bring this news segment to a conclusion with one last outdated piece of news. Courtesy of Cinema Blend, we've checked out the businesses. We've gotten some insight on the business executives. Now it's time to get down on the ground floor with the people and see how they're doing. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have finally gotten back into the U.S. after being quarantined in Australia for the past two weeks. Now, for those of you who have been living under a rock, Tom Hanks and his wife were probably the first celebrity couple, at least that I heard of, that like came out and confirmed that they had tested positive for the COVID-19. And, um, you know, at that time, this was back when I think this was still in like the early stages of the outbreak where the media was in full force just trying to make it seem like this was a fucking death sentence if you got this shit. So I was actually like really not like, not like fucking broken, but I was a little shook when I heard Tom Hanks guy. Cause I was like, God damn dude. Like it's going to Tom Hanks. Really? Cause I hear so many stories about Tom Hanks just being a nice guy. Right. But, um, you know, it seems that everything went smoothly for the most part. Uh, his family gave some updates during their quarantine, whatever, like, Tom Hanks was doing okay, but he's not great, you know? So he's probably like in between a, a mild or well not mild. He was probably in between a, a, uh, a light and a, and a, uh, severe case, like right in that middle there is what it sounded like from what I read, but good to hear that they're doing better to get back in the States. It does suck that you go from Australia and all the way to L.A., which is in California, because that's where they went, which is in California, which is in lockdown. So you go from one lockdown to the other lockdown. So it kind of kind of sucks that, that they're in this situation. But, you know, 
it is what it is, man. But um, good to had happy to hear that they're doing great. Um, I caught one of their videos that his wife had made where she was rapping um, hip hop hooray, which was pretty entertaining. The the one one of the few celebrity video updates that I've actually approved of. You know, the other the other one being Arnold Schwarzenegger with whiskey and Lulu, <laughs> but um. Most of the other celebrity videos with their little updates and shit, man, like, I get it, dude. I understand that everyone's in a unique situation. Like, at the end of the day, we're all in this shit together, but everyone's in a unique situation. And when it comes to these goddamn celebrities in their fucking houses and they, like, have it set up where you can clearly see their big-ass house in the background and shit, talking about, just stay inside, guys. If I can do it, you can do it. I mean, it's so infuriating because I'm like, you motherfucker, sit down and shut up because <laughs> you you ain't struggling for shit unless you got some kind of a drug problem or whatever. You know, it's like like I said, just going back to the Disney thing, the numbers is biting you in the ass now. Like motherfuckers know what you make. People know your net worth. People know what you pull in liquid. <laughs> OK, at this point. So like, let me sit in there in your big ass house trying to tell you if I could do it, guys, you could do it, too. You know, if you're going to do that shit, at least go in a corner somewhere where you can't like see your your lavish uh, decor all over the goddamn place. The one video that really like uh, like triggered me, though, was that NFL video. That shit got me so piss the fuck off like people talk about Gal Gadot and her little imagine video that shit was child's play compared to what the NFL did these motherfuckers had nerve to have these players submit these videos talking talking about yeah guys like it's been hard staying inside man but you know I'm doing my part and and if I can do it you can do it I'm finding all kind of things to do around the house I'm like and they're saying this shit when they're in their big ass living rooms that look like fucking auditoriums on on new york boulevard or some shit you know one of them was in front of their pool and in the background like they were having a goddamn pool party and shit people in their big ass yards and playing basketball with their kids in the living room and shit talking about it just stay inside guys i know it's hard but stay inside if i could do it you could do it too we're suffering too and i was like you sons of fucking bitches <laughs> it's like Oh man, like I, I got, I seriously got triggered. I would never, I would never forget that shit. When I'm old and gray and have Alzheimer's, like that's the one memory that I'll have is that fucking NFL video that they threw together during the COVID-19 outbreak. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but like I said, everybody's in unique situations, man. I'm in a unique situation. I'm in a unique situation because staying inside ain't nothing for me and and i'm sure if you've listened to enough episodes of this show you you would know that i'm a homebody and i've been a homebody for the longest and i've been sitting on my soapbox for the longest telling you how fucking sensationalist the media is you know i've been telling you for the longest how all these people running around talking about equality and you know equal rights and 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 diversity and shit all that kumbaya, let's hold hands around the fire type shit. I told you that that's, I'm sure there are people like that in the world, but I think it's a very small group because the majority of society, when shit hits the fan, will show their true colors and be pieces of shits. They're the ones that will pull up in front of a Costco and a big ass pickup and load it and just 
fill it up to the brim with toilet paper to where nobody else can get toilet paper to the point where they got to close down Walmart and Target and Costco and shit early so people can come in and clean it to get ready for the for the rush the next day with the lines wrapped around the building and shit. You know, what I mean, been telling you all this shit for forever. So I'm good. I mean, I'm in a decent sized house, live with two other people. One of them was pregnant. The other one's a zoomer. So like resources go very quickly in this house. The internet bill hits over the data cap constantly. You know what I mean? But, um, we're doing all right, man. We're hanging in there. But all I'm saying is, is that welcome to my jungle, dude. You know, this is like, you, you may have heard people saying this shit numerous times. I was born for this. This is what I've been waiting for. Unfortunately, I'm one of those people. Okay. I was, I was born for quarantine life, you know, been doing this shit for a while now. I was doing it before it was mandatory. <laughs> um, the only places I got to go to is a grocery store and work. Uh, but everybody's in a unique situation. Just, just remember that, you know, just stay, this, this ain't a dick measuring contest. So do me a favor. Try and stay in if you can do your best, because at the end of the day, I don't want us to end up like China. Everybody wants to talk about China and how how good they're doing now and how they're starting to let people back out the house and everything. And this isn't that and yada, yada, yada. You got to remember that China, those people were forced to stay in their homes like military force was used to keep people in their homes to, like, get a hold on that uh that outbreak. Okay. And I'm not trying to end up like China. And, and if, if there's any cocky assholes out there, they're like, oh, this is fucking America. They'll never do that here. Please don't. Please, please don't have to add to. OK, got the strongest military force in the world. Do not think that they will not resort to using that strong ass advanced tech military force to keep our asses in the house <laughs> to get a, a, a fucking stranglehold on this virus okay do not think that that shit can't happen because it can so all i'm saying is man stay strong do your best do like do like that one governor of new york says cuomo do do like cuomo says when he when he ends his uh his updates this, this is the time to be kind and be intelligent all right so anyway that's enough preaching about all that uh let's let's finally get into the trailers trailers first trailer we're going to talk about is butt boy you heard me correctly b-u-t-t-b-o-y this was a trailer that was sent to me from a fellow movie buff and uh from what i'm able to gather the movie follows this detective who is investigating a series of disappearances might be murders as well, but for right now, I, I think it's I think it's disappearances, and it leads him to his primary suspect, who he actually personally knows. It leads him to to his primary suspect, which is a guy who takes things and puts them up his butt and digests them, and I guess he does it in some form or fashion to where they he's pretty much labeled a a serial killer. And I would not be surprised if the term serial shitter comes up in that movie. And if it does, I'll be a I'll be a very, very satisfied customer. Um, I'm going to watch this movie. And this, this is the weird thing about this segment now, because now it's not about like, 
you know, if I'm going to watch it in theaters or not, because now you have the added caveat of, is this worth $20? <laughs> it's to, 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 to satisfy my curiosity. And yes, I, I, I will spend $20 to see if this movie is worth its salt. Um, comes out pretty soon too. Comes out April 14th. So the, it was, it was supposed to come out in theater. It was supposed to be on theaters by now, but obviously that ain't happening. So it's going to come to, uh, video on demand April 14th. So, your boy will definitely be checking that out. So look forward to me having a spoiler free discussion about that in the near future. Um, but yeah, looks, looks like a dark comedy film noir type sitch. Uh, I immediately got vibes of human centipede watching the trailer. And I, I I'm pretty sure I said out loud, I was like, this is, I, I think this is going to be this generation's human centipede. <laughs> so, but yeah, Interesting concepts. I mean, this, this is what I'm saying. You know how people are like, there's only seven stories. There's only seven different stories you can tell. This is what I'm saying. Like, you can tell the same story over and over again. You just got to, like, dress it up enough to where you don't, you either don't notice that you're watching the same story again or it's just quirky enough to where you can still enjoy it for what it is, which is, I feel like that's what... I feel like that's what movies are all about or just creative art forms in general, you know, but, uh, yeah, man, but boy, <laughs> the next trailer that I would like to talk about is Candyman 2020 edition. I finally got to sit down and watch this trailer after hearing so many people go crazy over it a couple months ago. And I got to say, I'm a little underwhelmed. Um, just, the way it was described to me, like people were making it seem like I wasn't going to be able to sleep at night. So, um, you know, hopefully the movie ends up doing that for me, but I, I, I doubt it will. I'm, I'm trying to temper my expectations. Um, I never really care for the original Candyman movie. I, I, I don't remember much about it. Like I remember the very end and, you know, I remember, Tony Todd running around his little fur coat and shit. But for the most part, I don't remember being a fan of that movie just from a, from a viewpoint from a, from as a, as an audience member. But I will say that Candyman is up there with bloody Mary where those are like urban legends or whatever that scare the shit out of me. Like things like, like those two beings, (laughs) even though I'm not in front of a mirror, those are what make me have a fear of mirrors. I swear to God. And uh, that's probably the main reason why I will give this movie the time of day is because of that. But um, yeah, I mean, like I will say this, I there's something about Jordan Peele's movies. Like I know he didn't direct it, but he he produced it, you know, but there's something about movies that Jordan Peele is attached to lately. They always have really good music to go over them like this time they got destiny child say my name like i just i like the music covers that they pick for uh for his movies when they're advertising because at the end of the day even if the movies underperform you know like us you can always go back to the trailer and be like you know what movie may not have been that great but had a really good trailer and you know and and hopefully i won't have to use that with candy man hopefully i can go s- shit Hopefully I can go see that movie of the guy with the hook and, uh, 
you know, I could be like, man, not only was that movie good, I can always go back to that trailer and enjoy it. Uh, that Destiny's Child cover, you know, so. But um, yeah, looks all right. Uh, like I said, I can't really remember the original movie. I, I just remember that it was based in Chicago. I thought the woman was a reporter, though. So I guess it's still kind of falling in line with the, you know, with the with the remake where the homeboy ain't a reporter, but he's like an artist trying to like dip into urban legends and shit around a neighborhood. And then he ends up bringing terror to the entire neighborhood or maybe even Chicago itself. I don't even know if they're in Chicago. I don't know where the hell they are. But yeah, I will say this, too. I kind of feel like this is an invisible man situation where I feel like they kind of showed the entire movie in the in the trailer because because is it just me or are they making it seem like the main guy like the main protagonist of the movie is like a descendant he's either a descendant from or like a uh, a relative of the guy with the hook and the bees <laughs> or he's just a new vessel for him to cross over into the physical plane world permanently like i don't know but it, it seems like they gave away the twist in the trailer so but I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see um unfortunately due to current situations this was another movie where their due or their release date got pushed back and i believe it's been pushed back to september 25th so hopefully things get somewhat back to normal by then but if not hopefully they're able to come up with some sitch where they could put it out for digital and maybe i pay 20 bucks for it i'm not lying I, i'm lying i would i pay 20 bucks to watch that because you, you know me gotta watch my horror movies man like my legit horror movies i got to so but anywho that will do it for trailers now it's time to at long last get into the bread and butter and that is the spoiler free movie discussion you have now entered a spoiler free zone the hunt known by many as a controversial movie put that put the bunny ears on there with a with the habit of having bad timing um, this movie was supposed to come out last year, but due to the shootings in Dayton, Ohio and El Paso, Texas, they ended up pushing it to this year, which it came out in the middle of the pandemic, like right around the time when theaters were starting to shut down. So really bad timing with this movie. But luckily, Blumhouse decided to make it available on VOD, which, you know, your boy happily obliged. <laughs> and um, and now here we are. Funny thing about this movie is I never seen a trailer for it. I was sold on it just from the concept being explained to me, like the bare bones of it, where it's just people that have been kidnapped and are being hunted by someone. Like I was sold just on that and all the controversy around it. And the more chances that I had that I had to actually like watch a trailer for the movie to actually get a feel for what I was going to expect the more I just kind of went out of my way to not see a trailer because I always liked the idea of just going into a movie as fresh as I can. So the fact that I was already sold on the movie just on a bare bones description alone and and no trailer, I like really enticed me. And um, so the best way to describe the movie 
is it's uh it's it's um it's a modernized version of surviving the game and uh going into the movie fresh i was expecting that type of tone where it was like more in the realm of an action thriller and to my surprise it ended up being more in the genre of an action comedy because everything in that movie is over the top like not like kingsman over the top but just there's so much gratuitous blood and gore in the movie and then the humor of it like i wasn't expecting it to be so humorous even though it's like a it's a it's a dark comedy it still has a lot of humor to it to where it takes itself seriously just enough to where it doesn't go overboard with it. You're it's, it's actually a fun movie to sit down and watch and enjoy. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was, so the main thing that, that really like sold me or that really helped me enjoy the movie a lot was, um, the story, nothing groundbreaking or anything like that is just one of those. It's one of those stories where you could see it happening for real. You know, and um, those are it's, it's one of those it's so funny it's true type of situation. Like it's this is this is one of those stories you can hear where it's like, yeah, I can see that being a thing. You know, I myself even audibly when they explain everything, because basically throughout the course of the movie, as people are fighting for their lives, fighting for survival, uh, uh, survival of the fittest, I should say. Throughout the movie, there's also the them trying to figure out like what exactly is going on why why they've been picked of of everyone and um and and who's doing it and why they're doing it and stuff like that like all that stuff gets answered by the way and i think it's the movie's paced enough to where it it has satisfying conclusions to all the questions that you have going into it you know so like that was what i appreciate the most about it was just the story and the narrative and how it all like progressed throughout um characters are fine i mean like not every character is likable but it's just like i said it's just one of those things where you 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 look at it and you're like yep i could i could see that actually being a thing you know so um yeah really appreciated that another thing that i really liked about the movie too was the action because like i said it's in the realm of an action comedy and i wasn't expecting uh betty gilpin to deliver in the action department the way that she did for those who don't know who Betty Gilpin is, she's from this show called Glow on Netflix, The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. And even though that is a a physical a physical show for her in that realm, it is wrestling, you know, and the whole thing of wrestling is doing these dangerous moves but doing it in the way to where you're not hurting your opponent, you're but you're putting on a show, right? So like to go from that to this more like hands-on physical Jason Bourne-esque type combat shit, I wasn't expecting that from her. And I was very impressed with what she was able to deliver on camera to the point where I'm like, you know what? Probably need to give get uh, Betty Gilpin some some more action roles. Just just throwing it out there. But uh, I thought she did really good. Not only her, but there's another actor in the movie that turned out a, a really good physical performance as well, who I have seen in a physical, uh, in physical roles before in previous movies. But like I said, this, in this movie, like everything is just cranked up to 
11. So it's like I wasn't expecting that kind of like ferociousness, that that kind of like primal instinct that they had in the movie, you know. And um, I don't want to say who it is because there's on top of like the overall mystery of the movie, there's also like some some actors and actresses that pop up that you wouldn't expect to be in the movie. So like I just want to not throw that out there and let you experience it for yourself. But um, yeah, so not a whole lot to say about the movie. Quite honestly, it's it's uh, it's it's a pretty standard affair. But like I said, it's it's a more modernized version of surviving the game. But it is a nice little journey that the characters go on. Nice little story that plays out from from start to finish. Uh, I liked it overall. Thought it was a really good movie. Very entertaining. Nice, bloody, gritty action. Very creative story. It's good. I give it a thumbs up. What I can talk about with this movie. First thing is, you know, while we're on the subject of uh, creative story, Damon Lindelof was not only the producer of the movie, he was also a writer for the movie. Now, I've been keeping that man in my side eye for quite a while, ever since Lost, okay? And recently, he's kind of been redeeming himself. Now, I've never seen The Leftovers, but I did watch Watchmen. And although I'm not jizzing over that show like everybody else is, I did think it was a solid piece of entertainment to the point where I was like, all right, Damon, I see you. I see you trying to get your redemption arc going on, you know, and now you got this movie. And I was just like, huh, you know what? Maybe it's time to take Damon Lindelof out of the doghouse. All right. Maybe it's time to start giving him a chance again, especially after that whole fucking cock up with the. Uh, with Rise of Skywalker with J.J. Abrams, you know, so um, I, I think I'm going to I think it's about time I take Damon Lindelof off of my shit list and start giving him a chance again. Um, What else did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. No gripes on the movie except for the price tag. Like I said, twenty dollars for a movie rental is is pretty steep. And I think like that's the million dollar question that I feel like needs to be answered same way as how it's like, is it worth going to the movies to see? Is, is it worth just waiting to, for it to come out on video and renting it? Like, here's the thing. In the situation that we're in right now, I don't know if I would say it's worth going to the theaters to see, but I would say that this is definitely a movie rental. It just ain't a $20 movie rental, okay? Like, that's like I'm and I'm just being honest, okay? Seven, $8, okay, but 20 20 is steep. All right. Just just throwing that out there. But regardless, good movie worth watching. Maybe wait until it like comes out on video and then you can rent it for a more reasonable price. Or I dare I say even buy it because twenty dollars to buy a movie. I have no problem with that. I do that show on the reg. But twenty dollars for a rental. That's that's just crazy. Um, The other thing I want to talk about, too, because I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. I've, I've edited this shit so many times. And I can't even remember what I said. Uh, so there's some controversy around this movie where you have like the shootings that happened last year, but then the other thing with this movie is it has this like label on it as being hyper political. And here's the thing. I'm not a political person, so I don't know what that remark means. 
I mean, there's definitely like terms like like left and right and and communist and liberals and all this other shit like that to get thrown around in the movie. But from what I could tell, because a lot of like the political shit goes over my head from just like a base model, a lot of the dialogue between characters and certain situations that they were in. I thought were fucking hilarious and I definitely could see like some political undertones. There's definitely some buzzwords that have been used that I've seen on like Twitter and just like through hearing people's conversations overall. But I feel like I don't, I, I I'm assuming that people think it's one sided, like it leans in one direction, but I felt like it was a nice balance to where everyone's getting made fun of. Cause like I said, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those types of narratives where it's it's something that has a commentary on today's society, but you've seen it before and you've seen it on both sides to where there is no good guy, really. Like even with the protagonist uh, played by G- Betty Gilpin in the movie, I mean, she's a protagonist, but at the end of the day, it's like I wouldn't necessarily label her a good person or a good guy overall, you know, it's just more or less those things where she's doing what she has to do to survive, which I think we can all relate to. So I would say for anyone who's kind of on guard with this movie, because they think it's like too political, I would say at the very least, I personally felt it was even on both ends as far as like the jabs that were being thrown, you know, where it's like, I I don't know. Like it's definitely one of those movies that's in the realm of uh, in the same realm of uh, ready or not and knives out where you're seeing like the the world through the richest eyes where it's like, you know, you're we're, we're kind of slowly being taught that, oh, you know, like fuck rich people, you know, they have everything. They don't have any real troubles, but it's one of those movies where it's like, no, it's like rich people rich people got shit too. It's like, they may not have like the same issues that everyone else has, but it's like, they're, it's kind of like this, this pandemic that we're in is like I said earlier, we're all in this shit together. We just have different unique cases that we're dealing with, you know, and some are better off than others. But at the end of the day, everybody's going through some shit. And that's what I felt like this movie was able to accomplish where it's like, everybody's going through some shit and there really is no black and white here when, when you really think about it. So anywho, that's all really, I, that's all I really got. I can't really go any further. I recommend watching the movie. I just don't recommend paying $20 to rent it is all. And I'd even say that even if we weren't in a situation where we're in the middle of a pandemic and we should be hanging on to as much money as we can, just in case worse comes to worse, but that's it. That's all I got. I'll see you next time. If you got any questions, suggestions, recommendations, if there's anything I got wrong, if you just want to shoot the shit, movie Tuesday at gmail.com or movie Tuesday over on the Twitters and the Instagrams, even though I haven't used those in months, but you know, I can get the notifications still. And uh, yeah, until then, Do like Governor Cuomo says, be kind and be intelligent. That was Movie Tuesday. Now it's just another day. I'll see you on the next one. Just another day.
Another day till I hit the movies. I hit the movies, then I talk about them. When I talk about them, that's a movie Tuesday. Blockbusters, I'ma check them out. All flicks, I'ma hit them up. You got opinions and I got opinions. What they got in common, they don't give a fuck.